folks welcome to episode 82 of stacy's pop culture parlor i am the titular stacy and i'm never gonna stop saying titular i don't care what any of you say it's a good word has the word tit in it satisfying to say just rolls off the tongue all fun like anyway and joining me in the parlor this month uh i've I've brought back last month's guest it's the delightful lee grice hello lee hello so um those of you who listened to the last episode might realize that lee and i sort of started to do a regular old parlor and then talked for almost an hour about one thing because we're the worst so um we've decided this time round to just uh actually you know do an episode of other stuff now i don't want to have to break out the timer on my phone but i will (laughs) so so if it looks like we're in danger of starting to talk too much about one thing i'm just going to be like right guys the timer's going on we've got to shut up after a minute which will make editing this episode an absolute shitting nightmare but i'll try it because you know i'm nothing if not a little bit of a podcast sadist (laughs) <laughs> we, yeah, I think you need to do, start bringing in like the rules of just a minute <laughs> where we have to review something for 60 seconds and you're not allowed to take a breath. And then that's it. Somebody blows a whistle after a minute and go, okay, <laughs> on to the next one. See, I was actually genuinely thinking about doing that, but giving us like five minutes to talk about something. Because <laughs> if I only give myself a minute, my, my review is literally going to be me just like stumbling over my own words, trying to like blather something out. Oh, I was really going to like it and you should go and watch it. It was really pretty. <laughs> the acting was great. <laughs> and it was good. And it was really good. And I liked it. And it was good. And it was good. And it was my favourite. I mean, it wasn't my favourite, but it, it, it was really good too. Um, Anywho, how are you doing, Lee? I'm I'm good, thank you. I've had. Uh, do you know I hate hate podcasts where people just go on about their their private life for for like twenty minutes, just going about well, you know, and I take the dog to the vets and all that kind of stuff. But um, but I'm going to say fuck it, and I've been to the dentist <laughs> oh, a lot no. over the last couple of weeks. So that's been my life for February so far was uh, just repeatedly going to the dentist to get a. A crown fixed. Oh. Yeah, and I had a root canal, which wasn't fun. Although it wasn't as bad as, like, the uh, its reputation. Because, like, root canal. Fucking root canal. <laughs> but, or, or woo canal, as uh, I hear it, because I'm a big, like, West Wing fan. And it's a bit weird. Um, yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> I had root canal, which wasn't that bad. It was just ages in the dentist chair just sat in the dentist chair for like an hour and 20 minutes oh no and the actual root canal itself was fine you know i was injectioned up the wazoo so i was <laughs> you know my, my head was like a fucking beach ball but just having your jaw wide open for like for over an hour is just exhausting and i was just just aching my jaw was just aching just just from from Having to, you know, and he's going wide out like Jesus Christ. I'm not a snake that doesn't <laughs> detach, you know. Oh dear. But yeah, it got it done. So that's that's me. That's that's been my. That was that was my Valentine's Day actually. Oh, <laughs> was no. my, my last appointment was 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 uh, on Valentine's Day to actually get the the, uh, the crown fitted. So that was that was what a grim not, date. <laughs> yeah, as if as if Valentine's Day for me aren't sucky enough. Being a single unloved person, 
and then it's like now just to, to just to add on to that we're gonna you know make you go to the dentist as well Aww. you know i mean to be fair uh my dentist is really nice and the 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 dental assistants who work there are all gorgeous like clearly have some kind of very dodgy hiring practice <laughs> where they only hire like playboy playmates or something it's just it's you walk in there it's like playboy mansion in kind of smocks so it's it's just very bizarre but again but it's not the place you kind of you you (laughs) it's not the place you want to flirt and it's not it's not a real place where you're gonna get away with it no just while you're like dribbling out of one side of your mouth (laughs) how you (laughs) yeah i'm such a bad spitter you know the bit like okay just want to rinse i miss every time especially when your half your face is kind of numb as it was and you you realise too late that you're not spitting forwards, that you're actually spitting at the core of your mouth yeah. and it's going off at like a 45 degree angle. I got quite adept at, um, at dentist spitting because I had, uh, when I was younger, I had, this is a nightmare of a topic, but I had uh, too many teeth. My, my dentist yeah. used to call me the crocodile. So I had I had six teeth removed and then I had two more removed when I had braces and then I had braces for like five years. And Get then, out. I know, it was an absolute straight up nightmare in my gob. And yeah. <laughs> but the, uh, the the thing that I found was particularly ha- like useful, the best way, if anybody out there is about to have like any dental work done that will require most of their you know, lower half of their face just going completely numb, is to lean, like, sideways over the little sinky thing, right, so that the mm-hmm. corner of your mouth is the exit point for all the spit. Yeah. And then just sort yeah. of bail your mouth out like you would a boat that was leaking. <laughs> like, just use your tongue as, like, a bucket and just bleh, all that stuff, just bleh, and just out. Yeah. And your job done, all sorted. That's my tip to you. I mean, it will drizzle all down your face. <laughs> yeah, it was. I was. I was stealing so many tissues. She was putting. <laughs> I was taking a tissue. What? And she put another one there, and I was whipping that array. I think they were just. I thought I was just just trying to steal a whole box of tissues, basically. But it was just. <laughs> it was. It was. It was pretty embarrassing that it was. And then, and then you think because it's the whole thing about your face goes numb and it feels swollen, but it's not. And then when I got home, I looked in the mirror. I know it was swollen. I looked like I, I assume I felt like how people who've had a stroke where you know and it was like I, I was I was trying to smile and just the one side of my mouth was working and the other one just and it was just like wow that's weird yeah because you feel like you feel you always feel like you look strange but everybody goes now you look fine and I come back like no I've been looking weird for the last half an hour. <laughs> In the half an hour it took me to get home on the buzz and all that kind of stuff. I've just been looking very strange and swollen. <laughs> I mean, I think I look a little bit strange in general anyway, because I'm pretty mm. certain I have mouth breather syndrome, which yeah. makes me sound like the absolute worst. But all it really means is that I can't breathe through my nose very well, so I've almost yeah. always got my mouth open. <laughs> so I always look like a little bit of a twat. <laughs> <laughs> I apparently... In the streets, I look very determined, oh. I, and I must walk fast because I I'm always getting strange. You know, people come oh, it's strangers. They just come up and they go cheer up or or whatever. Oh. I have people going, you look determined, or I get people people sort of go, I wish I could walk as fast as that. <laughs> oh, you look in a hurry, like complete strangers just going. You look in a hurry, and I go, really, I'm just walking somewhere. Yeah, you know? like what business is it of theirs? 
God. It's it's well strange. Like I'm not. Maybe I'm maybe I'm weird because I just don't talk to strangers. Oh no, I literally never do. One of my least favourite things about travelling by bus, and this is quite a long mm. um, list, is people at the bus stop that just want to talk to you when you're yeah. like, I've got my headphones in, which is the universal symbol for leave me the fuck alone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, there's just, and it, the thing is, I always feel really bad because it's almost always like a little old lady who just looks a bit mm. lonely and wants to talk to you about the shitty weather we've yeah. been having. And I'm yeah. just like, I'm listening to a podcast, leave me alone. <laughs> See, I, I don't, I fell out of the habit of like, once, once like Discman's went out of fashion, that was me bugged for like, listening to stuff out and about because I'd, I'd never bought a, a an iPod or anything like that. Oh. So so I'm just there, ears agape. So, yeah, and I must have an approachable, friendly face, bizarrely, uh, <laughs> because I'm always getting people just striking up conversations. And, uh, uh, in fact, just, yeah, where was it, yesterday? Yeah, yesterday was, was fantastic. Yesterday when I went there, I had, you know, again, this, this little old lady just striking up a conversation about her iPhone. Just <laughs> about, of course. I'm telling me she needs to get like a magnifying glass for her iPhone uh, uh, because she can't read the the type on her phone, and Aww. she'd be trying to find a a clip on magnifying glass thing. And I, this was all new to me. And she's oh, that they're like about five hundred pounds. I can't afford that. And I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure if you go into your settings, you can increase the size of the of the, of the type on, on your phone. And she said, oh, can you? He said, could, could you do that? Like, oh, don't ask me to do it. <laughs> Sorry, don't ask me to do it because I will fuck your phone up. <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't even know how to use my phone and I've had it for two years now and I still don't know how to do stuff with it. I don't know. I've got that U2 album on there. Oh, no, get rid of it. <laughs> I don't know how to get rid of it. <laughs> I want to get rid of it. I don't know how to get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what? This was us keeping it succinct. Hey. <laughs> yeah, just do you want to start again? Just scratch I'm just I'm just gonna finish this cup of tea because that's important. Right, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> How's about some pop culture, eh? Okay. <laughs> sounds like a sit while we're here. You would might as well. No, while no, I'm, no, while I've got you on, on Skype, we might as well, you know. Talk about something relevant. Now that Skype's working, for fuck's sake. Oh, fuckers. Fuckers. <laughs> don't, don't start. Yeah, no, don't. Don't fucking start. Don't. Go on, talk about something relevant. Uh, <laughs> 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 like, foul mouth to raid. Ah. Um, I want to talk about porcelain. Ooh. Graphic novel porcelain uh, from Improper Books, written by Pen- Benjamin Reed, illustrated by Chris Waldgoose. And let me just go through the full credits because I hate when people skip the colours to letters. Colour is by Andre May, assisted by Alexa Rosa. Uh, letter is Jim Campbell, and editor is Matt Gibbs. This is the third book. Yeah, Porcelain Ivory Tower is the third book in the series. And I have to say, it's one of the best things I've ever read. Ooh. All three books have been brilliant. Every, um, they're, they're managing one about every two years. I think the first one came out in 2013. Uh, yeah, second one came out in 2015, and this one came out just before Christmas 2017. And they are, I think, some of the best comics that's been produced in the last 10 years. Ooh. They are outstanding. And they are 
I don't know how to describe it really. The, the, the first the first book is described as a gothic fairy tale, which I think is is pretty pretty good. Yeah, they're kind of <sighs> steampunky. They're kind of set in a, like a pseudo Victorian parallel Earth, I guess you'd call it. You know, uh, that, uh, it's like another Earth that's clearly not our history, but it's very similar. Yeah, and it just deals with. Oh, really, I'll just tell you the, the plot loosely of the first one. It's about a little girl, a street girl who uh, breaks into a uh, – who's dared to jump over the wall into a really posh, strange, scary house. Right. And she finds out it's run by a guy who works with porcelain, and he makes porcelain sculptures that come to life. They're basically kind of like robots. Ooh. And this uh, – he kind of adopts her. And because and it's about the first book is about their relationship and oh, I don't I can't really yeah that's as much as I'm going to say about that and then the next two books skip ahead something like ten years maybe each time and you follow the the little girl as she grows up I normally I will spoil the shit out of stuff but I really don't want to I think that the uh, they are too good for me to just babble out. Uh, they're just really just tip-top fucking books, you know. They are just incredible page turners, and, and I'd say just a real emotional roller coasters as well. They don't screw around. It's it's hard to. I'm I'm, really, I'm I'm trying to not give any kind of plot away. Yeah. At all, because if I tell you about the, th- it's a really clever choice of mine to be honest to talk about the third book <laughs> in a series because I can't talk about that without. The plot of it without spoiling the, the the previous two books. So just fucking go and buy them. Really is what I'm saying. And while you're there, pick up everything by Improper Books because they're a small company, small indie British company. And so far they've done. Let me think. Uh, about a half dozen books, maybe eight. And so far everything's been brilliant. They haven't done a duff book yet. There's the porcelain trilogy. There's uh, Briar, which is like a, a proper fancy thing. There's uh, Butterfly Gate, which is a kind of silent, again, kind of horror fantasy type deal. Mm. There's Night Post, which is fantastic, which is a kind of all ages kind of silent Halloween stroke Christmas book that's just amazing. And there's uh, what's a Night and Dragon, which is uh, I think it's Night and Dragon. Oh, well, I've got the title wrong on that one. It is Night and Dragon. <laughs> Night and Dragon, yeah, by by uh, Bevis, isn't it? Yeah. Which is just amazing because it's like a choose your own adventure thing in that you've got a cast of five, six characters, and you can follow the same story through each character. There's like these five or six threads, so you follow like they're color coded, so you will follow the the, the color codes for each character, and you'll see the story from each character's point of view. Very clever stuff. But yeah, but Purcellin is fantastic. I mean, what's the what's that? I just I just struck on what I can compare it to. There's there's a, a book, big, big thick fancy book called <sighs> Something Strange and Mr. Norrell or something like that. Not a clue. <laughs> oh. Um Strange and Norrell. The BBC turned it into a TV series. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's kind of like that. It's kind of science fiction-y but with elements of um, magic in there to a degree or a sort of kind of sorcery 
but it's very well done. That it's it's superbly illustrated. Chris Wild Goose is a fucking phenomenon. Yeah, he really is. He's yeah. I mean, I think he's just finished his stint on Batgirl for DC. Oh, and it was so good. Well, I haven't seen it yet. I've I've it's on my uh, the first book because I'm a trades buyer, so the first book is on my to buy as soon as possible list. But yeah, he's just phenomenal. The, the, it's, it's just beautiful stuff. The architecture is fantastic. His, 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 uh, his sense of design is amazing. His sense of character is fantastic. The performances um, the, the, he can put into the characters are just terrific. They do feel, and, and this is this is kudos to to the writer uh, Ben Reed as well. The characters do live and breathe, and the it's it is not predictable in any way. Mm-hmm. It will tear your fucking heart out. To be honest, oh dear, I was yeah, I was, <laughs> I was, I like the third one came out and I, I got it. I actually I bought it for somebody as a Christmas present before I bought my my own copy because you know coming up to Christmas I tend to not buy stuff for myself. It's always like oh great shit, I've got to spend money on other people now. So uh, I ended up buying buying it from a mate as a Christmas present. I got him the the first two for previous Christmases as well. So he was just he was just elated. He went, "Yeah, the new one." Yeah. So I only read it um, after Christmas. I I, I I made sure to get myself a copy, and and I decided to 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 reread the first two as well. And I was just an emotional fucking wreck by the time I finished the third one. <laughs> it was I was proper. <laughs> Proper fucking choked up, and oh, no. I don't get choked up to to comics. I mean, I love comics, and I will cry at movies at the drop of a fucking hat. To be honest, I'm a complete. Since I hit forty, anything I will watch fucking you know McDonald's commercials <laughs> where you got like the old guy and the young guy bonding and stuff, Aww. or the <laughs> or the the young lad whose dad's died and he <laughs> and that kind of stuff. Oh, fucking blubbing over these things. So I will, yeah, but yeah, they're, they're, they're terrific. Just take my word for it. Go and get, I, I mean, anybody, I, this is like old news for people who are like in the uh, kind of like the indie comic scene. I'm going, yeah, fucking porcelain. That's, everybody knows about that. It's fucking fact. It's a fucking, it's a rock star of a book, you know, when those come out, it's a big deal, you know. And, but it's, yeah, I mean, I hate to put a plug for a shop, but I've ordered mine from, uh, I, I tend to buy mine if I can get them from, from conventions. They'll sign them for you. It's fantastic. Uh, but I bought a couple, I bought a few from page 45 online who've been fantastic. And if you buy from them, I don't, other shops might be available. I think you get a, they've got a book plate in there, signed book plate, which is really nice. So I, th- you, I think at the moment you can either buy them. I don't think they've got their own kind of web shop on their website. I think their deal is that they, they will uh, support comic shops by selling through comic shops. So you can either pick it up from them in person at conventions or pick them up um, buy them online from, I think, Travelling Man stocks them as well and, and Page 45 and a bunch of other places. Mm-hmm. But if you go to the, their website, which is probably improperbooks.com. Let me have a look on the back of the book. <laughs> yes, improperbooks.com. Well done. Professional podcaster. This is, now you know my small press big mouth doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> You can you can get more information there, and there's a list of stockists on there. And if you go to the Improper Books, they're all on uh, Twitter as well, Ben Reed and Chris Wild Goose. And Improper Books, they're all on Twitter. So if you go on Twitter and find them, they're, they're, they're great. And just, yeah, <laughs> that's the end of my review. Well done. I feel like the world's worst human person now because I've had a copy of issue one of Porcelain mm. since about, tw- I want to say... 
it was Thought Bubble either 2013 or 14 when I was given it for free and I still <laughs> haven't read it. Because I'm a cunt. (laughs) So so I'm going to have to dig that out and read it now. Because it's one of those things where, you know, when you get, you either get given a lot of stuff at cons Mm. or you end up buying a lot of stuff at cons. And then it ends up in that pile of things that you've never got time for because you're always reading your pull list. (laughs) Yeah. It's one of those ones where also, because I know it's so good, and it was ages. I was ages reading the second one after I bought it because it's like the thing about you know the the, the most important email in your box doesn't get answered because you put it aside. Think I need to give that my full attention. Yeah. So and then you basically you don't because you've never got the time to to give it your full attention. So the most important email doesn't get answered, and that's what happened with this. Is like I know this is going to be fucking good, so I want to know or I've got a spare hour and a half with no interruptions and all this stuff. And I want to be able to, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm going to put some music on. I'm going to have a drink. I'm going to settle down. Run yourself a sexy bubble bath. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have a bubble bath, make a night of it, you know, and just proper treat myself. Because it, it, it is just, too, yeah, every year that these have come out, it's been my, my graphic novel of the year. It's been my comic of the year. Oh, and, nice. and that's what it is because I, I don't things I don't know whether to count it for my book of the year 2017 because that's when it came out and when I should have read it or counted it or because <laughs> at the moment now having read it in like January I feel like I've I've ruined the rest of the year <laughs> it's 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 ruined comics for me oh, no. for 2018 because I read it at the start of the year instead of at the end where I can go this was a triumph that came in and it's the best book of the year and it's out and it's fresh. Whereas now it's like it's the best book of the year and I read it in January and now the rest of the year is just going to be <laughs> The only less, way is down. <laughs> it's going to be less good. Yeah, it's just <laughs> mediocre from now on. Oh, dear. But, yeah, so – and now I'm just thinking there's got to be – now I'm, just, I'm on Twitter going, well, yeah, but what are you doing the next – you're doing another one, right? There's going to be another <laughs> one coming out, right? You're not just going to leave it at three, right? There's going to be a number four, right? And apparently there's, there's, there's loose plans for a four and a five. Ooh. So I'm like, great. That's that's, that's <laughs> going to take me up to what 2020, 2020 would that be? So okay, 17, 18, 19, 2021, which feels like the fucking future. <laughs> so yeah, see in 2021 for Porcelain Book Five, it's like fuck no, that'll be yeah. I'll go and pick that up with my rocket pack. Clearly. <laughs> On your hoverboard. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a hoverboard with my. I'll, I'll send my my hologram holographic sex slave to go and pick that up for me. Oh, that took a turn. I didn't mean that to come out as <laughs> like it did. I was, but yeah, that was sorry. It was. Uh, it's look. Yeah, Valentine's Day was a hard day for me yesterday. Oh. Just 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 let me have my holographic sex slave while I can. Oh, well, I guess so. That's me done. Good stuff. Well, I, um, th- I've i just realised that there was a movie that I wanted to talk about that I don't really want to talk about, if that makes any sort of sense. Okay. I, I just want to tell everyone, because I feel like this might rile some people up, that I saw the post and I didn't think it was that good. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. You threw me then, I was thinking the post, and I just immediately went to, oh, you had letters. <laughs> and I, I saw the post, you thought, oh, well, shit, I have a shit post every day, to no. be honest. I- <laughs> 
I don't go to podcast about it. Well, maybe yeah, there should but, be a okay. podcast about shit post. Um, I know, <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, I saw the post because I'm doing a thing this year where I'm trying. I want to get better at movies, so I'm mm. trying to watch at least one new movie every week. So by the end yeah. of 2018, I'll have watched 52 movies that came out this year. So I went to see the post, and I'm going to keep this real brief because I don't really want to talk about it. I just feel like it's a fun, controversial opinion. <laughs> like. The problem with this movie for me is everybody came out and went, oh, it's going to win all the Oscars, it's got all the best performances, it's mm. so big and important. It's not, though. It's <laughs> it's mm. not it's not any of those things. It's a passable movie that's a bit too long about a newspaper, and Meryl Streep just like sort of frets all over it. It's not mm. very good. Tom Hanks is playing like a caricature of himself. I don't know what's going on there. And it's nowhere near as important as it thinks it is, I don't think. Mm. So, um, yeah. I wasn't keen on that. But then I did watch a movie that got an immediate five stars from me and that I am now a little tiny bit obsessed with, Mm -hmm. which is called Your Name. Have you ever seen it? No, I've not. I don't even, not even heard of it. Oh, okay. Well, this is one for me that I meant to watch last year because everybody and his dog was talking about how great this movie is. But then I got a bit panicky because I was like, what if it's not that good though? And then I'm just sad at the hype. So I sort of let myself forget about it for a bit. And then it cropped up on um, Amazon Prime. And I was like, oh, I remember hearing of this and we should watch it. So it's an anime movie. And I'm going to, same as you with Porcelain, I don't want to spoil a lot of what happens in it because it is Mm. so darn good that you just need to watch it. But it starts off like an anime Freaky Friday, (laughs) which sounds shit, but it's actually really funny. So it's a sort of high school age girl in rural Japan and a high school age boy who is going to school in Tokyo um, keep sort of accidentally swapping bodies and they don't really know how they're doing it and at first they both think that they're just dreaming and then they realise that like their mates are like fuck was up with you yesterday <laughs> you big massive weirdo <laughs> kept feeling your own boobs what's going on <laughs> um, <laughs> that is legitimately a thing that happens quite a lot in this movie oh I thought you were going to say that's a thing that legitimately happens to you every day <laughs> in, no, your, in your normal life <laughs> I mean, my boobs are great, but I don't go around touching them all the time, especially in public. That's weird. Wasted. <laughs> wasted. Boobs are wasted on the wrong people, is what I think. Anyway, sorry. Anyway, so, yeah, it starts off with this sort of, like, Freaky Friday-style body-swapping, like, hilarity. But then something happens, and I don't want to say what that is, and the, and the whole movie just takes a turn into this sort of, like, super inventive, super, like, heart-wrenching... Heart in your throat, like fucking edge of your seat amazingness that I was not prepared for. (laughs) Mm. Like, I was really ill prepared for it. And it's just amazing. I can't talk about the plot at all without spoiling what happens, and I don't want to do that. So, instead, what I'm going to do is I'm going to sell you all on the idea of the animation, which is possibly some of the greatest animation I've ever seen in my life. Mm -hmm. Everything about this movie is gorgeous. There's a lot of sort of sweeping shots of like sunsets and days passing and landscapes and mountains and it is straight up fucking stunning my eyes couldn't comprehend that they weren't real things Mm. that i was looking at for some of it i was just like oh shit someone drew this (laughs) it's the same feeling that i had when i was watching kubo and the two strings where i was like oh snap this is stop motion it's not cgi yeah the same thing where it was literally during the end credits 
and I nearly shat myself. I was like, <laughs> oh, shit, this wasn't CGI. That was stop motion. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> that, that movie is insane. And and this movie is on a similar level of insane. Like, it's not yeah. stop motion. It's like, I don't want to say regular animation because that yeah. sounds like I'm downplaying how yeah. amazing it is that people can do things like yeah, animation. Yeah, cell animation, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's But it's just some of the most beautiful stuff that I've mm. ever seen. Just, like, some of the colours and the way they present it and the way that it's, like, shot as it were. And the soundtrack is brilliant. There's a couple of like cheesy J pop songs in it that I wasn't mm. I wasn't struck on. But that's to be expected of anime anyway. Like yeah, yeah. it's like the same as like it's like when I watch an episode of The Flash and they've got a very incongruous, famous but not really famous song that they've sort sort of got the rights to somewhere. <laughs> and it just feels really like, Ugh, what's that doing there? But yeah, it's it's one of those movies that uh you end up thinking about a lot afterwards. It's not... I don't know how to describe this sensation. Because it's not a similar movie in any way, but it's the same way that I felt about the movie Frank. Mm. In that, after it finished, I was thinking about so much of that film and the performances and everything that I was just like, bamboozled by it for days. And uh, and I'm still on a bit of a high from your name, actually, and I saw it like four days ago. <laughs> it's really good. It's so good. I just want everyone to watch it. Yeah, I'm, I'm putting that on... That's going on the list. But yeah, yeah I, but I'm I'm so out of touch with kind of anime. I used to be big, uh, big into anime, and just kind of just it just got away from me. I think the last bit of anime I watched was probably the Godzilla thing that was on Netflix, the Plant of Monsters or whatever it's called. And yeah, and, and, and it's just it's like so much anime there. I just get spoiled by it. But um, but yeah, I used to I used to yeah be big into anime and stuff, and I, and it just kind of drifted. I just kind of drifted away from it and just felt really out of the loop and stuff now. But yeah, mm-hmm. that sounds. Um, that sounds good. I'm going to have to check that one out. It's one of those movies that definitely just takes a turn, like a hard turn, and you're like, yeah. oh, snap, this was not the movie I was expecting. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it's a, yeah, I, I, I really do. I think like we were saying last time now, I tend to know so much about stuff before I see it these days that stuff that surprises me immediately gets kind of like bonzo bonus points. Yeah. Like, I didn't see where that was coming at fucking all, you know? Mm. I, it's weird that I tend to find I'm enjoying this stuff that I didn't think I'd enjoy or or, or that kind of stuff. Like the bridge to Terabithia, is that what it's called? That's a thing, yeah. <laughs> Where I, yeah, like I just watched that because it was on, <laughs> on telly <laughs> one Christmas. I was thinking, oh, this is a nice film about, you know, some kids. It's not the film that people were going on about because I thought it was supposed to be like a fantasy thing and it's not it's just about a bunch of kids and then that if you've seen it you'll know there's a big plot twist in that that kind of knocked me on my ass and like oh fucking <laughs> that didn't just happen did it yeah um, yeah yeah and then i'm gonna okay they're gonna backpedal that though and that's they're gonna undo that there's gonna be some fancy thing gonna come in and they're gonna not have that not happen and no no that's it so that kind of stuff so uh, that that's always like a a good feeling when it's like yeah I'm just like, just kind of, it sounds so kind of uh, typical, like 2018, but I really value my ignorance yeah. more and more. <laughs> yeah, days, me it's, too. it's better just to not know stuff. I'm just going to go bury my head in the sand. <laughs> now, of course, with, with the internet, fucking everything's there. You know, uh, you know you, I mean, you've seen, we see trailers for films now that are like three years away, you know. I mean, yeah. with the Marvel movies, you're getting excited about two films down the line before you've seen like Black Panther's out this weekend i'm already excited for fucking avengers infinity gauntlet or infinity war and there are also trailers for ant-man and wasp 
that have come out. So like they, they're fucking tickling my balls about a film that's two two movies down the line, and I haven't even seen Black Panther yet. It's like as if they were when you're in the queue to watch fucking Star Wars, you they're, they're showing you trailers for Return of the Jedi already. It's very, it's a weird, it's a weird, weird world we live in now. Where I'm kind of like going, no, don't show me stuff. No, it's like yeah, I've seen the teaser trailer for whatever the film is, and I go, "That's me done now." Mm. So for the next two years, <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to um, stick to a rule of only watching one trailer. Yeah. So like, I won't watch a teaser teaser trailer because that's not quite enough. Mm. But after I've watched one like full length trailer, that's all I want to see. Except in the case of Deadpool, I want mm. to put my eyes on everything that's Deadpool. <laughs> well, at least with with Deadpool, it's weird and different. The trailers are worth watching. The trailers are things in their own right to be mm. honest whereas with a lot of trailers now i mean i know people complain now and i do it as well going trailers today just show you the whole film and and they do they are very much potted versions of the movies now they're like the old super 8 films you know back in the 70s before video you'd have to buy super 8 projector reels of your films which would be like star wars or jewels compressed down into like a 10 minute version that would be black and white and silent so that you'd project on your living room wall. And that was how you could take, enjoy the film. And they cost a fortune as well. They were really, you know, your posh neighbor would have like a Super 8 projector. But like, so, it, so you had to kind of, you know, you, 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 now, you know, like I say, trailers aren't really like just the whole movie just compressed. But the thing is, they were always like that. If you go, go and watch some old, any fucking old trailer you want, like I watched the trailer for, funny enough, I watched the trailer for like Star Trek 2. The other the other week, and it gives you the whole fucking film there, really. <laughs> yeah, and then and then Spock dies, and then this happens, and that, and you're like, well, fuck it out. The whole film is there. But the thing is, we what you you're exposed to trailers in a different way back then. You didn't you'd see it once while you're in the cinema, and that was it. You had to live with that. I remember I remember seeing the trailer for Return of the Jedi once, and being convinced that R two D two and C three PO were killed in it just from <laughs> having seen this trailer. I don't know why, but I was convinced they were killed. But now, yeah, they're on tap. They're they're permanently on online, so you can just go and watch them. Yeah, on YouTube all the time, so you can watch any specific trailer a million times before the film comes out. And then there's mm. all the extra stuff. So you, you do have to just kind of go okay and just just not look at stuff. Me, yes, I'm just a minute in here. <laughs> <laughs> shut up. Okay, no, shut the fuck up. Okay. <laughs> No, you don't have to like shut up because that would be a really one-sided <laughs> podcast. Yes, so your name. You will, yeah, I really want you to watch it like as soon as humanly possible and then immediately WhatsApp me about it, please. Okay. So I would like to know how you feel about it. Because I was a bit sad that we watched it together and Rich was like, oh, five stars, that's a bit much in it. And I was like, oh no, he doesn't love it as much as I do. And I got really <laughs> oh, sad. I, I get <laughs> I get a bit like that sometimes where I'll like show someone a movie and just constantly be watching them the entire time as if to yeah. be like, are they reacting properly do they love this as much as me i've nearly just fell out with people uh, <laughs> I, there was a friend of mine where i i took my neighbor totoro for her to watch oh. because she liked um finding nemo or something so i thought oh, i'll show a really good you know heartwarming moving film and we watched my neighbor totoro and about halfway through she just said to me went does something happen in this film or what <laughs> oh no <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm like, oh fuck! And then I showed another Friendship friend, divorce, <laughs> the Princess Bride, one of my favourite movies. Yeah, about fifteen minutes into Princess Bride, and she was on the phone, just completely not watching it, just just tapping away. 
And then about about halfway through, she just got up and went to the kitchen and started doing the washing up. <laughs> that's that's okay. just that no. one didn't go down very well. Then that's unacceptable. So and and I just think that's I'm getting my fucking coat and I'm never darkening this doorstep. <laughs> so it was yeah. So it I, yeah, it is really weird when you think you you better give somebody the treat of their life and you know they just completely unfazed. And you go, are you actually sitting in the same room watching the same film as me right now? Because you're not, you're not crying. Why aren't you crying? You should be crying right now. <laughs> yeah, if you watch your name and you don't like it, just don't, just don't tell me. No, I'll I lie. Don't, I just don't. I'll go, enough. yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. I did, I did have to just, yeah, just not, again, when you mentioned, oh, fuck, what was that, Frank? Because oh, yeah, because I know because like you, you? I, fucking, I fucking hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember we did an episode of um, Pick a Flick about that, didn't we? Yeah. How much you did not like the movie, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I just, no. I was just, I was angry at that film. <laughs> I was angry at, because I was invited on. <laughs> I was angry to be invited on to have to watch that. <laughs> It's, um, it's one of those films, Frank. Like for those that don't know, it's ostensibly about Frank Sidebottom, but it absolutely isn't. It's not. Yeah, exactly. It's it's literally it's just the head, just the paper mache head, nothing else. No. Like none of it is at even slight. Because like it's one of those films where I had to ask Rich because I don't really know anything about Frank Sidebottom as to whether that was like accurate, and he was like, "Get out of town, no." <laughs> Why is he American? Why is Frank Sidebottom American? It doesn't make sense. I don't know. It's like when we watched the movie about Brian Clough and I was like, I haven't got a fucking clue. He's like a footballer from pre-my football watching times. So I ain't got a fucking clue. Anyway, oh, for God's sake. I really think I might have to set up the alarm in a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Do, Do you want to talk about... Shall we do a little talk about Inside Number Nine now that it's finished? Yes, please. Yes. Can we? Now, do you want to approach this episode by episode or just in general? I'm I'm happy just to talk about it in general because if we go do episode by episode, we're liable to be still here tomorrow. <laughs> okay, well, I will start this by asking of the... So for those of you that don't know, Inside Number 9 is a sort of... It's from the guys who did League of Gentlemen, isn't it? Yeah. Well, two, 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 of, the, two of the four, isn't ah, it? It's right. uh, Steve Pemberton... And Rishi Smith. Smith, yeah. Yeah, and it's sort of an anthology TV show. There's like six episodes a season. And the whole conceit is that whatever is happening is happening inside number nine of somewhere. So it could be on the ninth floor of a building, in room number nine, in a house number nine, on a phone line that's number nine of a call centre. Yeah. It makes sense when you watch it. I'm just yeah, struggling. It's, I'm it's, just having a brain fart. Yeah, in a confined location, is it? That's the, the premise that it's it's in a single location. And they don't go beyond that. So my first question to you is, which was your least favourite episode this season? Um, This season, if, oh, uh, ah, yes. Now, this is actually quite easy because they were all really good until the last two. And (laughs) they they clearly thought, we've got two shit ones here. We'll stick them at the end, but we'll put the slightly less shit one right at the end. So we go on a little bit of a high. So it was the last but one. Having said that, when I say shit, it, they were still rather good. They're just kind of their standard for this show is just so high mm-hmm. that when if you get something like the like the penultimate one this season, which I come up with called, but it was the it was the one about the the, the back room of the awards and the winner is the, yeah. Whereas that was just really well done, superbly acted, 
It's a bit like, boring though, wasn't it? It's yeah, the problem. But it's like, yeah, it's one of those ones where you go, okay, this is kind of like a clever idea to see behind the scenes how awards are picked and all this kind of stuff. But it's not exactly Alfred Hitchcock. It's not really gripping. Yeah. And you get to a certain point where you think there's only one way this particular episode can end because you know there's got to be a surprise in there. There has to be a twist ending. Yeah. And you figure, well, there's only one way this can end, really, because there's nothing dramatic happens, really. It's been kind of funny, and it's kind of interesting to see the characters bicker and, and all this kind of stuff. And you think, okay, these are certain archetypes that they're clearly playing on. But yeah, but you, you think, yeah, this, so that one I, I was kind of like the weakest for me because yeah. I kind of knew, I could, there was only one way it could go. Mm. But having said that, it was still a really strong episode, you know, in itself. That one was was my choice for the for my least favourite as well, mm. and I think it put me off a little bit just because um, it felt a bit inside baseball for me. Mm. Like I feel like unless you've been in that situation, you probably don't appreciate just how funny the yeah. stereotypes are and stuff. Yeah. But like you say, the the performances were still good. But yeah, it didn't grab me in a way. Like I found myself. Like, I was paying attention, but I was also occasionally checking Twitter. Mm. <laughs> like, just, you know, oh, has anybody done anything good? No, right, back to the show. Mm. Like, it wasn't holding my attention like a lot of the other episodes have. Yeah. And like, and I think it's it's because their their standard is so, so high on these that you are kind of used to being gripped. Yeah. Right from the get-go. I mean, and it's fair dues, really, that, you know, you're going to have different kinds of stories. And not everyone. I think in previous seasons, one of their problems they've had, or one of their one of the criticisms I could have of it, is that they wouldn't. There's a couple of episodes where they felt they've had to put in a twist ending. Yeah. When it didn't really need it, like and it, was, and it sometimes makes it not make sense. Yeah, like there's the the, the the one from again from last season, last series was the one where you got the guys arguing over the bill in the restaurant. Yeah. And it turns out to be a big con game thing that was really clever and it was all really good and then it's going to end and then they stuck an extra little twist on the end that made no sense yeah and you think you've kind of you know you should have stopped before you got to that you shot yourself in the foot a bit there yeah and you kind of you could you could you kind of get the feeling through the screen that you can feel that when they were writing it we need we need a punchy ending we need another one more to ring one more twist from this I think there, there was a there was another episode as well that I can't think it was but there was another one where they where they just felt they had to put in oh I think it was the karaoke one Oh, see, that one didn't bother me so much. It was the, um, you know, the Christmassy, well, I think it was supposed to be a Christmassy one, when um, it was like, uh, it sounded like the commentary over a, a, a sitcom that, oh, you know, yeah, that yeah, had yeah, like yeah. a, yeah. was it a Krampus-related thing? Yeah, the something. Krampus, the, like, the Devil of Christmas one, yeah. Yeah, that's the one. And then it ended up being something else that I don't want to spoil, but yeah. it actually then made no sense in the context of this commentary over the no, episode. No, no, I really liked that one. See, that's, <laughs> like that it. was really clever. That was one of the ones, well, was the ones where I went, that's where you pull like a twist out of the blue, and that one worked for me, mm. in that it then makes you reassess everything you've seen and heard because yeah. up until that point you're thinking oh because the thing about like I say for people who haven't seen it some of the episodes are funny and some aren't some are like dramatic and some are uh, horrific some are dark as fuck <laughs> yeah and yeah <laughs> and then but like I say and, and you're watching that one I was watching thinking oh I get this one this is a funny one mm. this is a piss take of like I mean like if you were like a, an old fart like me and you remember the old like the old, the old BBC dramas and, and stuff like that from like the seventies, where it was all shot on videotape and it, everything looks kind of cheap. 
you're kind of getting off on that and you're kind of enjoying that and you're going, oh, I get it. Oh, look, you got the kind of the dodgy videos and then you got the commentary pointing out the continuity errors and the bit where somebody's the actor's not standing on their mark and all this kind of stuff. So I was into that. And then when it took that weird turn at the end, that I, I went with it because it made sense. It just made you, you make you think you, you thought you were watching one thing and it was something else. You thought you were watching like an old, a mock old TV show with a, with a director's commentary over the top. And then mm. at the end, you find out you're watching something else. And that one worked for me. But I, I get you're not the first person to say about the, the ending of that one coming out of the blue and not making sense. But that one worked for me. But the yeah, the, the the karaoke one that was that was one that did do work for me. And but yeah, but I don't I don't want to go on about the the, the, the negative stuff. Uh, all the so, all the previous series. <laughs> yeah, all the previous series. So yeah, so what what did we have this? Oh, we had the one that was that was told backwards. Oh, the one with the removal. The mo- the moving day thing. Yeah. yeah, I really liked that one. That was fantastic. I that was one, and it was rare for me to rewatch something straight away. And yeah. I kind of rewatched that one the next day, and that was just weird because you see stuff. Okay, for what it is, it's it's told backwards. So each you got a scene, and then the next scene goes back ten minutes or something. Yeah, or, and then and then you see the scene that led up to that one, like Memento. So what happens is by the time you get to the end of the episode, you've forgotten what happened at the beginning, which was actually the end. So when you go back and watch it again, you see all this stuff from the end of the episode. It's actually the beginning of the story. No, the beginning of the episode, that's the end of the story. And you're seeing stuff that's paid off before you've seen the setup and all this kind of stuff. So it's just really cleverly done. And I was kind of watching that thinking, how do they shoot this? Do they shoot it in order? Or did they write it in order and then chop it up and then just rearrange the blocks and see how it falls? Or do you write it going, okay, we're writing the, the, the first scene is the last scene. So where is everybody ending up? And then how then the next scene, how did they get to that point? And then scene before, how did they get to that point? It is um that one for me was one of my favourites of this series and it's mm. interesting because I have been known to whinge in the past about not enjoying things that are non chronological, especially yeah. if they give you the end first. Mm. So like that's why I'm not usually a big fan of prequels because mm. you know where X, Y, and Z characters are going to end up. Yeah, you know that you know X has got to die and Y's got to get to there and do this and Z's got to go over there and do that and you know A and B are probably going to snog because mm. they've got a kid in the you know general whatever. And so like I was not expecting as soon as it came up ten minutes earlier on that one I was like well. <sighs> come on there but it was just so well told and well acted that like yeah that one had me gripped the mm. entire way through i want before we move on to our, like our actual favorite ones though i really want to talk to you about to have and to hold unless yeah. this is your favorite one because i need to ask some questions about it <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the one with the couple with the the marriage in trouble is that Right. That's the one, yes. Yeah. So the the thing I'm gonna spoil this one, I'm sorry guys, but it has been out for quite a few weeks mm. and um I am giving you fair warning, I think. So this was about, yeah, a couple who are going through some difficulties. The guy is a photographer, the woman I assume hasn't been working for a while but just went back. I can't remember the mm. the actual like plot. But you've like in a sort of dark as fuck twist, you find out that he's been keeping their cleaner in the basement yeah. for like a million years, just feeding her pot noodles, and he's got a kid with her, I guess. Yeah. And then at the end, he falls down the stairs, and that's how his wife finds out that he's been keeping the cleaner in the cupboard. Yeah, she'd surprised him with a holiday, and he tries to fake an accident, so they cancel the holiday, and he ends up killing himself. 
yeah, they then they find out that he was keeping the uh, the maid prisoner and that he'd yeah had a kid with. Him. And when it, I guess it was like um, it was based on like the real life thing, and I've I've gone completely blank on the guy's name. Uh, the thing that the thing that threw me about this episode was first of all because I thought it was wonderful, and then I realised that I'd fucked up in my head what was actually happening. And mm. now that I know what I well now that I think I know what happened, I don't know if I like it anymore. If it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> so here was my thing, right? I'll tell you what mm. I thought was happening. So there's quite a tense bit in it where he's developing some photos downstairs and they're having a chat and he's like, he hands her this photo of her talking to this guy that she apparently had a, a, a bit of a fling with mm. a couple of years ago. And so when you then find out that he's keeping somebody in the basement, because that that person wasn't particularly clear to me and I thought it was a guy, I thought he'd kidnapped that guy yeah. and was like sexually ab- abusing him and making him live on pot noodles, which is just mm. not a life anyone wants to live because pot mm. noodles are the fucking worst. <laughs> and they, they are not sustaining anybody pot noodles. I'm not having that. There's no nutrition in there to keep a person alive. <laughs> I'm not having it. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. So I thought he'd kidnapped the dude mm. and then he'd fake this accident so that they couldn't go on this holiday because he needed to keep this dude alive in the basement. But then she found him in there and so she put her husband in there. Mm. But then I was like, well, that doesn't, like, that's that's kind of dark as fuck, but oh well. But then Rich pointed out to me that it was actually a lady that that, that he was keeping in the basement and that it was this cleaner that they'd referenced about. (laughs) She'd been missing for like nine fucking years or something. something Yeah, yeah. So the kid is like obviously probably coming up on nine years old. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of it, so he he fakes this accident to get out going on the holiday and they decide to start keeping him in the basement and making him live on pot noodles. Mm -hmm. And they send the kid down there to give him pot noodles. Why is the cleaner still cleaning her fucking house? (laughs) Why is she even still there? No, no, she basically, because she'd she'd been kind of rescued, I guess. The, the, The wife had kind of rescued her. And yeah. found her, I guess. Now, what where we are at that point in the story is she I I what I took for that, she's not working for her. She's either living with them at the at the moment, or because at that point, aren't we just after the funeral or something like that? Yeah. Um so at that point, yeah, she I get the feeling that they basically she's just living with the wife at the moment, getting her shit together, getting her life together at that point. Because obviously they, they've not told the police, I guess, because if they're keeping the, the husband alive, secret in the in the basement or whatever, there's not a lot of uh so yeah, no, I don't I don't think she's working for him particularly. Well- <laughs> The thing that sort of like stressed me out about that was the fact that the only time you see her when she's not in the basement is pottering around cleaning. Mm. I was like, you don't have to clean this house anymore, woman. <laughs> <laughs> you were literally captive in it for ages. You do not owe them any cleaning shit at all. If anything, they should be massaging you and cleaning around you. I think, I think, yeah, from a storytelling perspective, I think that's just like a visual clue. You you see her cleaning, (laughs) so it's just like, oh, that's the cleaner they mentioned earlier on. So she's kind of doing it within a a logic sense that she's kind of doing it out of habit or, you know, some kind of weird muscle memory or whatever. But I don't think she's just going, oh, thanks for rescuing me. I really need to get back to work. Yeah. You know? Oh, look, look at that fireplace. No one's touched it in nine years. <laughs> yeah. now, <laughs> that kid is going to need all of the fucking therapy as well. Like, yeah. I understand that he's had a pretty shitty life living in this basement on pot noodles, but, like, don't involve him in your shitty revenge plot. <laughs> like, that kid is going to be 
so fucked up, so unbelievably it's, fucked yeah, up. Yeah, it's it's not uh, it's not one of the funny ones. No, uh, it's not, one. is it? There's a really awkward sequence in it as well where they try to do like sexy role yeah. play. To oh god, I felt so. I mean, I thought at first it was just my asexuality showing mm. when I was watching that, and I felt all of the uncomfortable. Yeah. But then I went on on Twitter afterwards, and everyone was like, "Oh man, nobody needed to see." That. Yeah, it was <laughs> like just her trying really hard to get him hard, and he's like, "It's not happening." It's not no, happening. it sorry. was proper, <laughs> oh. proper awkward. Uh, yeah. Again, just so well, so well done, though. Yeah. Just performances were just terrific and it was and again it's one of those ones where you think oh it's kind of like it's going to be a sweet little kind of like Rekindling domestic of comedy romance. or something yeah. yeah you're kind of waiting for the yeah okay it's a little domestic kind of little domestic drama bit of domestic comedy going on it's, it's a bit awkward and it's one of those ones where i wasn't actually waiting for the twist yeah. so when you kind of and, they, and also they, they did a clever thing where they kind of pulled a twist before you before you you know you kind of wait for one at the end but they kind of pulled one before then which is when mm. he's down there and then he goes just completely at the blue and you see him go through his like secret room and you, you and you kind of my jaw was just fucking hanging out going like what the hell <laughs> is going on and you, and then you just, again you just put in together all the thing about the pot noodles and all that kind of stuff uh, and just like a weird those aren't his pot noodles which is like <laughs> yeah. The weirdest fucking revelation to have. <laughs> <laughs> you know, dun, dun, dun. Those aren't his pot. So it was, yeah, just bizarre. Yeah, I, I would have preferred them not to have had the cleaner cleaning. Because that, <laughs> like, I know, it's, I know it sounds like really stupid. Yeah. But that to me had me questioning everything about the end of the episode then. <laughs> I mean, it would have helped if I hadn't misunderstood it in the first place. Because all I thought had happened was that he was keeping this guy in the basement. No, but that I think that's, that's right. That's what you're supposed to believe at that point. That's what I yeah. thought. That's, you think, it, because that's the, so they, they feed you. The, the real clue, and they feed you a fake clue. So yeah. they mention the stuff about him. They they really just they just drop it casually that he had a, a not fling, but he, he he was flirting with the with the maid, with the cleaner. And but and that and that kind of if I'm if I remember, isn't he? They're having an argument about her fling that she about the, had, the affair, and then yeah. she just brings up, oh well, you know, is that why you you know hit on the cleaner and all this kind of stuff? So that was just so cleverly done to kind of slip a key bit of information in while you're, you know, it's such a great sleight of hand. But yeah, I think, like I say, I think, I mean, obviously the way you react to the end is the way you react to the end. You know, that's, it's neither yeah. right or wrong. But I think, I think, yeah, I don't think the come away from that is supposed to be, and she's still working for her. What a trooper. <laughs> well, no, see, this was the thing, because what I, what I still thought had happened by the end was that the dude was in, the, the guy that the, the wife had had an affair with was in the basement. She found out after her husband faked his uh, fall down the stairs mm. she found out there was a guy in the basement to exact her revenge she let that guy free and then put her husband in yeah. the basement and then hired a cleaner because she needed <laughs> help her in the house <laughs> and then they just a cleaner who she trusted so much she told her about the dude in the basement and what's more than that sent her kid down to feed him <laughs> 
I'm not. I don't think this is the show's fault, to be honest. No, I think this is me. I, I just think I just wish she hadn't been cleaning because if she no hear me out because if she hadn't been cleaning, then I wouldn't have thought it was weird for her to stay there because. In my mind, I can understand wanting to exact revenge on the absolute thundercunt yeah. that kept you in a basement for years and just like basically yeah. used you for your holes. Yeah. Like, I can understand wanting to take out that revenge, but the two things I can't, there are two things I can't understand. There's involving your kid in that scary, yeah. scary revenge, mm. and then there's cleaning for yeah. the house that did it to you. Like, I just, those two things just don't jive with me at all. Yeah. And that's why yeah. I wasn't, I don't know, maybe that episode was just a bit too much for me. I don't know. We, we've been talking about this for. <laughs> really on time so i'm gonna move on to which was your favorite episode of this series i yeah i think it probably yeah i I am i think just caught between the the kind of the moving day one and that one uh i'm trying to think what other because okay there's one we haven't talked about yet isn't there there's uh, there's two. The one that I, I wasn't keen on episode one, which was the one in the hotel that was all in rhyme. Oh yeah 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 yeah. I'm not a fan of rhyme. I understand what they were doing, and yeah. I think it was you know it was clever and it was well written. Yeah. But I think you could see a lot of the twists mm. a mile off. As soon as there were twins, you thought you know there's well, going to be yeah that's, a mishap that's, there. Yeah, <laughs> that's why it worked. It was clearly Shakespearean, so it was playing on. I guess yeah. the more you know about kind of like Shakespeare's farces and that kind of stuff. Mm. Uh, well, this the is the thing. I hate Shakespeare. Yeah. That's why I hated the episode of Inside Number Nine that's all about, was it Macbeth or Hamlet? I forget Yeah, yeah. In series one. Because mm. um, I am just not, I just, I, I find him so overrated. <laughs> I do not like Shakespeare <laughs> at all. And yeah. I just hate things that are in rhyme. It's why I hate Etrigan in the DC comics. Fuck yeah. right off with your rhymes, mate. I'm not having it. They're so here's, forced. Here's, here's my problem with rhyming stuff. Is it fucks up the next comic I read? Whenever I read anything that's in rhyme, <laughs> when you read the next thing, your brain keeps trying to make the dialogue rhyme, and it doesn't like. Yeah. Like there, there was there was a bit of a fad. Like I think it must have been when Alan Grant was writing Etrigan. He must have switched on the rhyming part of his brain because I seem to remember he did a bunch of he did like a rhyming Batman and he did some rhyming like Judge Red stuff or stuff for 2018. And there seemed to be a lot of kind of like rhyming stories going around at the time it was a bit of there was a bit of a fad and you'd be reading that in 2018 you'd read that story that was in rhyme and then you moved on to the next one and it was like going over like cobbles because you just couldn't my brain just couldn't adjust to it not rhyming anymore <laughs> but no I, I i really enjoyed the first one i'm not a big shakespeare person either to be honest but i got that one and i really enjoyed that one and i i got the references so i probably yeah. enjoyed it because i was kind of patting myself on the back going <laughs> i know this is iambic pentameter yeah and <laughs> I get the references. I get the Shakespeare thing, the twins, and that kind of stuff. Plus, there was a lot of dirty stuff in there that I kind of found really funny. There's a lot of yeah, pe- there was. peeing. <laughs> There's a lot of jokes about peeing going on that I, I'm i sorry, but I really fucking laughed at. No, I did find it funny. I just wish it hadn't rhymed. <laughs> <laughs> I wish the cleaner hadn't dirty. cleaned and that they hadn't rhymed. Um, the one, the one, the other one we haven't talked about was my favourite one, which was um, Bernie Clifton's dressing room. Yeah, yeah. Which I don't, I don't want to spoil. It's just really, yeah. it's a bit of an emotional gut punch of an episode, really. Yeah, isn't again, it? that's another one of those ones that just slapped you in the face. Yeah, I didn't see it coming at all. No, and what spooked me out is I'd had a conversation with my mate, and, and I think on Twitter as well about the night before or two nights before about old 
comedians of the 80s, British comedians of the 80s. Yeah. And just and I was just having a bit of a nostalgia blast talking about the because I've got I've forgotten his bloody name now. There was there was a comedian in the 80s who used to dress I've gone I've gone blank on his name. Shit. Who used to dress up in like an escaped convict's outfit mm. and he used to go spook and slither <laughs> and all this kind of stuff, right? And he was huge in about 1983 for about 6 months. He he made like an appearance on Bob Monkhouse's like chat show, and then it was just huge. And then within a couple of months, he he was he was he had his own TV show and all this kind of stuff. And then his bubble burst. He was caught. I think he flashed somebody on stage, like a family oh audience. He got his he's got his dick out, and and also, and he got and he was doing really well. He was he was massive for like like I said for about six months. He was the the hot ticket on TV for that year. He was mm. like I say he was doing Swepsh commercials and stuff like this. You know, he, he was huge, and then he just disappeared. And he was one, of, and he's one of those like phenomena of like TV of the eighties. That he came in out of nowhere, it was massive, and then just disappeared. And um, and I just kind of remember this guy at the blue because, <laughs> because it's one of those things where you know where you have your own little catchphrases and stuff mm-hmm. that you say that you realise you picked that up from a cartoon when you were a kid, or <laughs> you know, it's it's some comedian's catchphrase. And I used to say slither for no and spook for no reason, right? And it, I just kind of clicked going, well, where the fuck did that come from? And I looked into it. <laughs> so, and then also I fell down this hole of old British <laughs> 80s stand-up comedians that kind of, you know, and, and Billy Pierce and Duncan, Duncan Norvell and stuff like that. And you go, oh, my God, Duncan Norvell wasn't gay. This is, this is bizarre. And this kind of stuff. So, and then I watched that, that Inside Number Nine, which was about a, a comedy double act from the yeah. 80s that the bubble burst and it's like well fucking hell somebody's they they literally wrote this overnight having read my twitter feed clearly <laughs> and they they wrote and shot it in my life but yeah because it was just about that and it was just yeah. again just so well done it's the um the comedy timing that they have together that i yeah. was absolutely in awe of like there's a couple of bits where they recreate old bits that they used to do you know back in the mm. 80s or whatever and the the timing on them and the delivery of them is just fucking brilliant yeah oh like i was like properly in awe of the pair of them I, yeah i could i could have watched like a full length like yeah. feature film version you of that yeah episode, you could and just like again because you could just kind of like say when they were doing the routines and like there was one that was all about comedy accents like foreign accents and they're going yeah. no we can't do that one we can't do the Pakistani one anymore. We can't do this and we can't do that. And it's thinking, yeah, she's and it's like they have written <laughs> they sort of <laughs> tapped in like eighties. So they're not only writing like a modern drama, they're also like doing these weird that feel like they're like legit kind of eighties dodgy comedy routines and stuff like that, which is so well done. But yeah, and it was just one of those ones that, you know, you you're kind of you're riding along with it and going, I'm really digging this kind of relationship between these two guys. Uh, and then they're kind of like uh, it, it all just spins around and you're like, well, that was different. That didn't go to a place I thought it was going to go to. Yeah. See, I, I really struggle to like to pick between them. I, th- I will, because I tend to lean towards darkness, <laughs> I guess. So, the, <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, so I probably lean to the, which is wrong, really, because I think, I think comedy does get overlooked as good writing uh, a lot of the time, you know? And look, comedy's fucking hard. It's, I think, horror's easy. Or can be easy to write because you go, you know, which is why you get lots of shitty horror films because they just go for the grosser, you go for the the nasty, or the bit. jump scare, the jump scare. There's lots of tricks to it. Whereas with comedy, you you can't get away. There are the same tricks, but they they don't work as well. You can you can program in. You can't help like a jump scare. 
you can't help because it's it's a physical reaction. Yeah. So if something's quiet and then you go bang, you can't help but jump. That's if you can't help it. But if but like you know the comedy equivalent of that would be like a, a custard pie in the face doesn't work because it's just redundant. It's old and a bit of slapstick. You have to you have to work at it to make it for it to be funny. Now it it is so redundant. You have to you have to put something new in there. Yeah. I think I want to rewatch all of Inside Number Nine mm. just to just because a lot of them I think it'd be because I've not I've not rewatched any of them except do you remember the one as a couple of Christmases ago now where it's like about I want to say her name Stacy something mm. where she she plays a lady who's like sort of reliving bits of her life yeah and then at the very end you find out why yeah and yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah oh shit yeah um Twelve Days of Christine yeah. That's the one, yeah. I watched that one when it was on the telly, mm. and which was out, so we watched it again the next night so he could see it. Yeah. And uh, and even watching it the second time, I was like in fucking bits. Yeah, that was <laughs> the one. That was where I jo- I found it. That's where I discovered the show with that one because oh. that one came out. I It had completely gone on my, under my radar. The whole first season had come and gone, and I not – which is weird because I'm a huge fan of League of Gentlemen. Yeah. And somehow I'd missed that, and I'd completely missed – Psychoville, which they'd done what? between the two that shows. That is brilliant. Yeah, I'd li- I've literally just watched Psychoville on Netflix and just thought, what the fuck? I'd, I'd seen the first series a couple of years ago and then somehow not got round to it, so I, I rewatched the whole lot. Because I was so into Inside Number 9, I was just, I'd just got a, a Jones for it. And I thought, Dawn well, French is amazing else? in that. It is so <sighs> disturbing and upsetting. Her, and she's so, I'm not a big fan of Dawn French, but she's fantastic in that fucking yeah she really is but yeah so i i'd kind of missed it it got it had passed me by and then when that 12 nights of christine came out every fucker on twitter was going on about <laughs> probably me it just not every fucker it was like <laughs> where where did this show come from what's this thought they're going on about and it was like wait this is the second series why was everybody going on about why why am i not not knowing about but this is me having not watching like regular telly anymore. Yeah. Like like yeah, everybody I I just watch shit. I was watching stuff on, on the Skybox or or with downloads or whatever, you know. You don't watch or I play you don't watch anything as it goes out anymore. Mm. So I don't I mean I don't even I don't have a like a TV guide anymore. I used to yeah, used to have the Radio Times every week and used to go and highlight everything. So I knew everything was going on. I don't do that. So I I, I just missed it. So everybody's going on about it. So I, I jumped on the iPlayer to watch that 12 Nights of Christine and just thought, fucking what? And just, I think I just chained the whole first series and, and the second and up to yeah. that point and just, it just completely blew me away because I thought, oh, I can't believe I didn't know because I'm a big sucker for anthology shows anyway. I'm a big yeah. fan of anthology and just short stories generally. I love short story prose, you know, anthologies and all that. If I, if, if somebody recommends like an author to me, a new author to me, I will go, and by if they've done a short story collection, I'll go and read that first because I I like that's I like the small bites, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, so that's that's how I discovered it. And it, I just and like I said, like you, I went when this series finished, I went back and rewatched. I start off rewatching my favorite ones from the f- previous series of Inside Number Nine, yeah. um, and then I watched. Oh, I did the Christmas. That was it. I did a Christmas thing where I watched the Christmas special. I watched the, the like the Krampus episode and yeah. the Twelve Nights of Christine, and then I watched the Christmas special of um, League of Gentlemen, and I watched because they didn't do a Christmas special of Psychoville, they did the Halloween special. So I watched the Halloween special of Psychoville, pretending it was a Christmas because <laughs> I'm kind of sad like that. Uh, and then I ended up going back and just cherry picking my favourites out of the uh, previous seasons. Anyway, I'm I'm fucking drifting. 
you're going to have a good good job editing this. <laughs> I was just about to say, do you think that we could do like a blitz through Black Mirror Series 4 in the next like five to ten minutes? <laughs> okay. Do, do you think that's feasible? Yeah, I'd give you my potted, my potted review of the season. Oh, okay. Episodes one and two, I didn't really care for. The rest right. of the season I thought was fucking fantastic. The one with the little robot guard dog thing. Yeah. Giving nightmares. I've actually had nightmares like that before so that was really like they were they were tapping my oh, kind of subconscious and i hate when things like that happen yeah, as well spooky and the other <laughs> the other thing about that episode was i wrote a few years ago i tried to break in as a writer and i tried to write some short stories for 2018 some future shocks for 2018 and one of the yeah. stories i was writing before i realized i'm no good at this was <laughs> i was trying to write one about guard dogs and it's going to be like an aliency type thing with people coming into a space station and they're, they're attacked by all these, these creatures. And then you find out at the end, they're not aliens that have infested. They're guard dogs who have been left there to look after the station while it's unoccupied. But I couldn't find a hook into it. I couldn't find an end to it. So I was watching that thinking, they fucking solved the problem. <laughs> they fucking fixed it. <laughs> they've, they've got the ending that I couldn't come up with. That I, I couldn't find the hook to it at all. But yeah, so I really loved that one. Yeah. I didn't care for the first two. The first one, which was about the little girl with the like the camera thing the, the, in her eyes that was recording everything she did and they're all oh, that. Oh, yeah, Archangel. Yeah. Yeah, I um, the thing for me was because we the, the first one was um, USS Callister, oh, which yeah, yeah. I, I spent the entire time thinking Jesse Plemons was uh, Matt Damon. Yeah. Like, literally yeah. the entire time thinking yeah. it was just Matt Damon with a bit of weight on him, uh, which made me feel pretty bad about myself. <laughs> um, which, I, the, the annoying thing about that was they'd made that one pretty much feature length and I don't think it needed it. No. It had quite a lot of interesting things to say about toxic masculinity mm. and entitled fandoms yeah. and that sort of thing. But it was pretty lacklustre about what? it, I thought. Yeah. My thing was, my kind of takeaway from that was that the best thing that I seemed to be saying was it's worse to be horrible to fictional people in a fictional world than it is to be horrible to real people in the real world. Because, so I thought that's a, that was a kind of like a weird... I know that it's, it's more sophisticated in that the, the fictional people were, within the context of the story, essentially real people with real feelings, emotions, and yada, yada, yada. I see exactly where you've come from with that, because they're, like, basically, Jesse Plemons' character is the nice guy, in inverted commas, mm. and Jimmy Simpson's character is a bit of a dick in real yeah. life, which is kind of why he Jesse Plemons builds this, like, you know, virtual reality mm. world where he can be an absolute massive bell end to Jimmy Simpson yeah. without consequences. But I, what I found was it, it seemed to be more about, and I don't know whether this is my position, like coming from this as a woman, mm. or what I'd be interested actually to talk to like lots of other people of different genders. In that, for me, it felt like what it was trying to say. It wasn't saying it's worse to be bad to fake things. What it was saying was is that sometimes you can't trust the nice guys. Mm. Sometimes the ones that seem nice on the outside are actually, you know, the, mm. the kind of the more dangerous, nasty bellends. And whether that's through either, you know, their actions towards things they don't care about or whether it's their sort of... Mm. I don't know, this entitlement that they feel of yeah. like, well, I'm nice, why don't I ever get the girl? And yeah. then it's, you but know... I, yeah, but I, I'd be behind that more if he was being nasty to real people in the real world in some way, which is where... Because I'm like, okay, you're kind of like, okay, the message of this is he's okay until he's online and then he's a dick, right? 
I can get behind that. <laughs> which is but, everyone on the internet. Well, which is, yeah, which is, I think, I think that's a, that's a valid message. And I know because it's, it's science fiction, they've had to push it into extremes because that's what the job is. If it was just a guy, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be Black Mirror. It'd be Coronation Street or something if it was about a guy <laughs> who's just a creep on the internet. But it, 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 it was just like a bit of, for me, it was just like a bit of a weird, because I think there's lots, I mean, I'm not a gamer, but the whole point of a fucking game is if you're playing, a say, a fighting game, really, isn't it? it's like yeah. saying, oh, if you like enjoy kicking the shit out of Chun-Li in, in see, I'm going to embarrass myself now and say the wrong fucking fighting game. Street Fighter? Is Chun-Li in Street Fighter? She no. is indeed. Oh, wow, yes. <laughs> so if you enjoy like kicking the shit out of Chun-Li, if you're like a nice guy in real life in the office and people can rely on you and you're a good person to talk to and you do your job and yada, yada, yada. But you go home and you're, you're like, you know, beat up Chun-Li and, and Ken and whoever they are else in Street Fighter. I'm showing off now. Ken, I remembered another <laughs> one. So then you're, then actually you're an arsehole. I thought, well, that's not particularly fair. That's what fucking games are for, is to, to do that kind of stuff. But, but to be honest, I'm making a bigger thing of it than because that wasn't really my problem with the episode. That wasn't why I didn't enjoy the episode, to be honest. That was just a niggle. The thing that bugged me is I just didn't think it was a particularly interesting story. It's like when we saw the trailers for it beforehand, I saw those clips of like the pseudo Star Trek uniforms. And yeah. I could have told you what that episode was about before we even saw it. Because it just like, okay, it's it, it's it's Black Mirror, so we know it's going to be a dark, twisted thing. So it's not going to be a Star Trek parody. It's going to be either a virtual reality prison or a game or a guy's trapped in there. You, you know it's got to be virtual reality and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's got to be a dark, twisted version of Star Trek. So it's going to be Captain Kirk being a cunt rather than mm. being the hero. And that's really what it is. It didn't really do anything beyond that anyway. So my yeah. my problem with that episode, and again, because it was like a feature-length episode, it didn't really deserve that amount of time because mm. it was a simple yeah, idea that was, that was, you got it within an hour, you didn't need the extra 20 minutes or half an hour or whatever it was, that it didn't do anything that surprised me, to be honest. And mm. again, if you read like 2000 AD, that's the kind of story that's that they've done in if you submit 2000 AD has their like new writers program which is the future shocks which is a short story you know short four or six page stories that with a twist in the end yeah. and when you apply to the for the uh, submission guidelines it'll say there no stories about virtual prisons or virtual reality prisons because mm -hmm. they've been done to fucking death so <laughs> That and I was watching, it thinking if they submitted this to, to 2000 AD, it would have got rejected out of hand because it's it's an old chestnut, it's a mouldy old chestnut. Mm. My problem with that one is that it was kind of like, oh, I knew where that was going. I was just in a yeah. huff because I knew where that was going, and it didn't really surprise yeah. me at any point. See, that's that's the same way I felt about the second episode, Archangel. Yeah, is yeah. It, so that was the one with the um, yeah, that was a, the mom, one with the like a, a kid goes missing briefly, yeah. and so her mom decides to like try this experimental tech where they basically put a camera in your kid's head, yeah. and you can see everything they can see, and you can sort of parental guide. Mm. things that they can see by pixelating stuff out and like how's that going to affect your kid mm. well i mean obviously negatively like the whole way through all i could think was this is going to end up with her like either killing her mom or beating the shit out of her mom mm. and leaving because how else could it end when you find out that your mom's been basically spying on you your entire life yeah. and controlling what you see that didn't really sell me at the start on the tech yeah. being a good idea yeah no it didn't did it <laughs> 
you really need if you're going to do something like that you have to sell it as a good idea in the first place to then see the negative repercussions of it whereas that just seemed like a shitty stupid idea right from the get-go it seemed like the dumbest of course this is a stupid idea it didn't really you know I, i will say i was fucking terrified for that kid the first act of that, I could barely watch it because I was so terrified to that little girl, what was going to happen to that little girl. When Once it kind of skips ahead and she's a teenager, I was like, oh, I can relax now. You can do whatever you fucking like to a teenager. I'm all right. <laughs> I'm okay. It's just, well, little kids, since my friends have started having kids and my family started having kids and I've become an uncle, I am really fucking hyper, hypersensitive about stuff about nasty stuff happening to kids. Yeah. I used to not give a shit about that. I used to think it was brilliant <laughs> that, you know, the ki- the kids, the, you know, in the... I thought it, I used to be annoyed about the film of Cujo because in the film of Cujo, the little boy survives and in the book he died. And I'm going, no, right. the little kid needed to die. See, so, I was like that with Walking Dead. I was like, why? Isn't that baby dead? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody See, was yeah, like, Stakes, you heartless yeah. bitch. Uh, <laughs> why is that kid still alive? So yeah, so I I've got a problem. One of my favourite books of Stephen King's was Pet Cemetery, right? Now, when I first read that, it's about a kid that dies early on, and I didn't that didn't phase me at all. And there was all of these going, "This is Stephen King's darkest book yet." And I'm thinking, no, this is quite funny. There's, there's some funny bits in this. I don't understand why that's like an. Just thinking about reading that now gives me the willies. Not even oh, reading it, just yeah. thinking about rereading that book freaks me out now about that bit where the kid gets killed. Yeah, so I was really freaked out like the first 15 minutes or whatever it was when I was a little kid, really struggled to get through that. And then after that, uh, I was fine with it and I was just a bit kind of... See, I don't want to slag it off too much because it makes it sound like I didn't enjoy that. Or, or, or the um, the first one, like the Star trek one, I still think they're really good. It's a really good telly and I enjoyed it. Yeah. It's just by their own standards... Yeah, in the context episodes. of the rest of the yeah. series. You yeah. take that out. You take that Callister episode, the, the USS Callister episode, and stick that in Orville, and that's an outstanding episode of the Orville. Yeah. Or you take that and do that as a, like a next generation or something like that, and that's fucking amazing. Or take it out and do whatever. I think, but but with with Black Mirror, the, the, for me, the expectation is they're going to blow my fucking mind. Mm. And depress the shit out of me at some point in every episode. <laughs> yeah. This is why I think episode three, which was Crocodile, was the one that just didn't... It, that that one I actually think was genuinely bad telly. Really? Yeah. Croc- with Crocodile, which, was that the one? With the, which was that Crocodile one? was the, the oh. lady who lives in the Nordic place or like that sort of very... It's, it's, it's beautiful, <laughs> but it's rubbish. It is absolutely stunning garbage. I thought it was an amazing episode. But- oh, no. <laughs> But yeah, sorry, I had to carry on. Lolly, you, you you get your thing. <laughs> it's <Well>, your show, <laughs> look. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, I mean, the thing about it for me was is that I enjoyed the idea of like up to the point. How much of this do I want to spoil? It's been out a while. Like up to the point where she sort of kills her mate, who. So he's come to her to say, like, oh, you know how we accidentally ran over that guy when mm. we were pissed as a fart, like, 15 years ago, whatever mm. it was. I want to talk to, you know, I want to come clean because I feel bad and blah, blah, blah. And mm. she's like, I, I've got, like, a life and a job and a career and a reputation now, so yeah. don't do that. So she, like, kills him. And up until that point, I was kind of, sort of like, I could kind of get her. Yeah. Like, you know, you could see how that would happen. But then from there, it just goes down this spiral of her just, 
just killing. Yeah. Just killing and killing. And she doesn't seem to give a shit. Like there's, And I understand that the point of it being called Crocodile was because those tears at the end weren't real. Mm. They were crocodile tears. But she has like absolutely zero remorse. And we're supposed to believe in that episode that she's so concerned about her reputation that she will straight up kill a baby. Yeah, but and that's that's what I think. Is, it's funny because I'm waiting to, to get to the point where I disagree with you, right? Mm. And I'm going, no, but that's why I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's why I hated it because when they introduced this tech, like mm. I really liked the idea of this tech actually. So it's like basically a memory thing mm. so that they can get not accurate, mm. you know, representations of what happened. But it is an interesting idea that you would be able to get the memories of a person out to, so you can piece together with other witnesses mm. what was going on, you know, what happened where. But as soon as that came in, I was like, well, we know exactly where this is going mm. as well. And so we just know she's going to end up doing a load of murders to cover up the other murders. And like, I almost found it laughable that she was caught out by a gerbil or a hamster or whatever it was. <laughs> see, that's like, but see, everything you're going, I didn't like that. I, it's absolutely yeah. true, right? That's why I liked it. You're going... <laughs> but, but yes, but that was the good bit. So, but that was, yeah, that was what I got. This is because the start of the thing is I was, you're totally on her side. And I was going, I can relate to this. Oh, yeah, she made a stupid mistake. She was misled. You know, she went to go to the police. Her, yeah. Again, the guy she was with, I don't I think she was like a boyfriend. It was just like a casual drinking buddy or something, wasn't it? Or something at the time. Who I kind of, so, yeah. you know, was like talked around and... You know, she wasn't strong enough to deal with it. And then years later, she kind of built herself up. And, and I was totally on her side there. And I just I loved the fact that I went from being, I, I thought that it was really clever that they put me in her head. I was I was her at the start of that film. And then shitty, horrible things. And I'm going, oh, shit. Now I'm, I'm still in her head doing going down this fucking road of shit getting worse and making, to be kind, bad decision after bad decision after bad decision, you know, <laughs> and find herself yeah. in this kind of torrent of, well, now I've killed this guy, I've got to, I've got to kill this guy and I've got mm. to do this. And it just gets worse. And at a certain point you do go, yeah, I think we've passed the point where I go, well, I'd have done that. <laughs> I, go, yeah, I think I draw <laughs> yeah. the line at murdering kids in the crib and all that kind of stuff yeah but um, i think sorry but, yeah go. but i i got it oh, that was that was what i found really compelling about it is that i was yeah. i was totally with her in her head at the start and they kind of dragged me down going well this is what you're gonna do next and it was just you know just really and i i, I was really kicking against it so where i think you were just going no this is bollocks i'm going no this is <laughs> yeah this is really taking me to a place you know, mm. the, the the one thing that like that there was one line in it that really put the icing on the shit cake for me. <laughs> this one, which which was when the policeman makes a really flippant comment when they're looking at you know the baby mm. like that's been murdered. Thankfully, they don't show yeah, you that because yeah. I would have straight up done a sick. But like, so they're and one of them pretty much says she didn't even need to do that because the kid's blind. Mm. And I'm like, I don't know what you're supposed to. Like what you're trying to make me feel from that because she obviously didn't give a fuck either way. No, at that point, no, but, no, but she at that just point, wants yeah, all she witnesses was, dead. Yeah, she, the witnesses. So the point was, the kid's not even a witness. But she did. Yeah, but what? What does that? Do? Like she never finds that out. No, that's no, only but that's, for but us that's, as an audience. Yeah, exactly. But I don't know so what that's supposed to make just, me feel. Like. <laughs> like, yeah. So it's just. So it just says that. Yeah, it was just kind of mindless and kind of fucked up. 
But yeah, I, I get you. But I, I, but that was. It was already mindless but, of thought. Though it didn't need. It didn't was, need to go. Kid couldn't even but that was, see. But I think that was <laughs> the, the thing. Is of course that the the idea was obviously they that they can't that she's thinking and the audience is thinking that they're going to be able to do some kind of memory retrieval thing on the kid. So at that point of the story, the audience finds out the kid's blind. So then you're thinking, oh, she's going to that that's the trail is now ended. She's going to get away with it, and then they pull out the twist about the fucking hamster, which sounds <laughs> I know that sounds shit, but honestly, I quite I kind of liked that. I thought that was kind of like a at <sighs> least it was kind of like a blackly humorous end uh, to it. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I totally get where you're coming from, and I can't actually <laughs> disagree with anything you're saying. <laughs> I wish I could go. No, you're full of shit, Stace. <laughs> You've completely misinterpreted that. No, you've absolutely, yeah. You're, <laughs> that's exactly, I've hit the nail on the head. It just wasn't yeah, for me. Just, yeah, it's, it's literally, it's like going two people, you know, me watching football and people going, yes, it's it's two people kicking a, a ball around. I'm going, but it's just a couple of people kicking a ball around. So <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it's great, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> going, oh. You know, or watching you know, ballet and going, you can see all those guys' dicks through the tights and going, yeah, that's the point. Yeah, but so yeah, it's it's a weird. Um, I don't know why I went to ballet. I went straight for dicks. That probably, I that's probably said something about me. I don't really. Can you cut that bit out? Can you cut the ballet nope. thing out completely? No, nope, it's everything's staying. <laughs> um, so, um, episode four was my favourite, which was Hang the DJ. Yeah, which was the the, the sort of the, I don't know if I'm misremembering this, but it feels like there's always like one dating app kind of episode. Well, there's, there's, well what there is, there's um. At the moment, it's like I, said, I know it's weird to say always because there's like literally been three series or something like that, mm. and then like and there's only like in the first two series or three series there was only three episodes. Only anyway. Three episodes. Yeah. So to talk about the fourth episode in a three episode <laughs> series seems a bit <laughs> stupid, to be honest. But yeah, so the fourth episode in the previous series was the the nice episode, the the positive episode. So it seems like oh, um, the San Junipero. Yeah. Oh yeah, I like that. Yeah, one. Yeah, I, I rewatched that one again, and I'd be in fucking tears. And here's the weird thing. Again, this is a weird because we, I know we were talking at one point. We we're going to talk about Cloverfield Paradox, but um, I've suddenly got a weird. What's it name? The actress Gugu. I'm not sure. Gugu and Bathar Raw, who I think is brilliant, and all of a sudden she seems to be popping up everywhere. I keep seeing her everywhere, like she was in Cloverfield. She was, and, and again, she was in that. It's like it's, and it's. I'm having that weird kind of detach where I've noticed a person and they're and like an actor, and then you go back and watch some old shit you've seen before, and suddenly they're in everything. And it's like, this, has somebody gone back and edited this this actor into these old films? <laughs> I um, I did that with Hayley Atwell recently because mm. I rewatched um. Up the, <laughs> I'll get there in a minute, but one of the episodes of uh, Black Mirror didn't impress me very much at all. So I wanted to put a good Black Mirror taste back in my mouth. So I watched the episode. Um, oh shit, what's it called? But it's got it's uh, it's the one where yeah, the clone guy, um, the, the boyfriend, the clone guy with Domhnall Gleeson, yeah. 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 Um, and I I totally blanked in my mind that that was Hayley Atwell yeah. who was in that. Yeah. And so I put that on and I was like, oh, Peggy Carter. <laughs> God, yeah, I, 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 kind of, I kind of intellectually I knew that she was in it mm. because I remember when when that came, I can't remember now if Captain America came out first or whether Black Mirror came out first, but I remember thinking, oh, that's her from that. So one way or yeah. the other. I went that so I, in my head I knew anyway but so yeah and I just said I went back and watched that one it's like oh yeah yeah she, she is that is and she's Hayley Atwell and it's weird seeing Peggy Carter in this 
So, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, so... I think the answer to my question about whether we could do this in five to ten minutes was a resounding no. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Hang the DJ, yes, was great. Mm. I like the uh, the ones that are dating app related mm. or dating related because they tend to be the, the jollier ones. I, yeah, I am a bit of a romantic, and that, and when they do that sort of thing, they 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 do it well. Those yeah, because like. <sighs> One of the, if I've got a criticism criticism of Black Mirror, it's that a lot of the episodes make me feel like Charlie Brooker thinks that humanity is the pits. <laughs> and like, I know that we were talking before we started recording about how we hate other people and ourselves <laughs> and therefore everyone is shit. Um, <laughs> there was a reason we didn't record that. By that way. part, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, like, I sometimes, like, for example, the the one with the Prime Minister fucking a pig mm. and the fact that the entire, like, the entire Earth apparently stopped to watch mm. that. Like, that, I felt like that was ju- that was Charlie Brooker judging me mm. as if to say, like, you're a disgusting human being and you would watch this mm. because you're a gross, gross person and everyone's gross mm. and everyone's horrible and we're all inherently foul. And, like, it always just makes me feel like he's got zero faith in yeah. any kind of humanity whereas like the couple of ones that have been about like dating or you know love related mm. stuff have actually been kind of nice yeah, yeah so i always come out of them and i don't feel like an arsehole yeah i think i think i think that's <laughs> or I, sad yeah i think okay i do think he's just like a massive cynic and stuff and that's fair dues but i think that's also the job of the show to be honest it's it's not called happy mirror you know it's not called rose tinted mirror <laughs> It's called. It's it's about the dark side. So I, yeah. <laughs> you know, it is kind of like people go, "Oh, it's a bit miserable, isn't it?" It's always, you know, and like people complain, it's always about phones. It's always about technology. Like, that's oh, that that's also what why it's called that Black mirror. Yeah, it's like yeah. I don't, I don't even have you seen. There was a there was a thing going around, like a video or something, or a meme or something of people twigging that what the what the title was about <laughs> and it's just like way to keep up kind of yeah i think the people you know complain about black mirror being too dark or being a bit um nihilistic is like complaining about you know the twilight zone being uh or about the outer limits having aliens or the twilight zone <laughs> having twists and stuff mm. i think that's you know you're kind of moaning at the premise to be honest it's like yeah, um, I think if it if it didn't feel so judgmental, I would. It, I would it mind. is. I, I think it is. I, I there's no fucking subtlety in it. I'll give you that. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's, he's yeah. not going. He's not looking at you going. Do you think you know? If you're not careful, this might happen. He's going. This is what's happening. <laughs> this yeah. is. You're all he's, gross. He's pretty much slapping <laughs> you around the face and shaking you by the neck. There's no kind of you know it's no gentle warning he's just kicking you in the nuts going stop doing this stop it now i love the fact that some people have taken entirely the wrong message from it and they're all like god technology's evil and i'm like no technology isn't doing those things yeah. we're doing it with technology yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's kind of the point of the show that's it. yeah but i think yeah I, but i think again to get put it on like a more lighter spin with that episode and with the san junipero episode and the episodes that, like, say, that the, the warmer episode, shall we say, mm-hmm. I think you, you're seeing that also he's a really good writer of characters. For example, the, the and, and a, a really good romantic writer as well. So, for example, yeah. in the German San Junipero, I was really invested in those two characters and their kind of relationship. And and with the um, I forgot what it's called now, the the one we're talking about, Hang the DJ. Hang the DJ. 
I really liked both those characters. I was totally into them. And I'm yeah. going, yeah, I was really right from the start, from their first meeting, I'm going, I like her and I like him and I want them to get together straight away. Now, that is really good writing to be able to do that in such a short amount of time because there's so many fucking romantic comedies where I don't like the guy or I don't like the girl. You know what I mean? Where you're only following that character because they're the main character and they'd be played by somebody famous or whatever. Mm. It's usually, I'm, I'm usually watching it and go, I actually kind of like the best friend, you know? But the main yeah. girl, she's kind of boring. But her wacky best friend, I really, I'd rather see her story. She's really funny and she's kind of, you know, she's got some snark to her. Uh, mm-hmm. And that kind of stuff. Usually, like the main characters are really bland. But I think with with the uh, the Hang the DJ one, I think he nailed those characters. Those are characters I could get on with because they they, they you know flash with myself. But they say they make the jokes I'd make and do mm-hmm. and do the the stupid stuff I do and that kind of stuff. You know, they're kind of people I'd be attracted to. They're not just like the uber pretty girl who's just there as a as a like a an unobtainable goal or whatever. She's just like really yeah. funny, you know, and, and that kind of stuff. And she's kind of like you know, goofy and not afraid to say something stupid or shocking or, or whatever. Yeah. And I go, yeah, that's somebody I can, at last there's kind of like a romance that I could actually get into. I go, yeah, I, I want these these characters to get together. And to get that right from the start, I think was really well crafted. It was really well done before I even knew what, because I didn't know what the episode was about going in. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's um, it was an intriguing one because you think you know what it's about because mm. you you think it's about this particular dating app, mm. and then it's it's not about that particular thing at all. Yeah, you are. You're kind of waiting for the the. the you're thinking, okay, so who's going to get murdered? <laughs> is he yeah, going to get murdered or is she going to get murdered? Who's going to get? Murdered? Are they going to end up marrying the wrong people? Yeah. Like. Yeah, I did really like that one. Mm. Um, I'm just realising the time and the fact that we're like pushing for two hours, so I'm going to move okay. the fuck yeah, on. Okay, um, <laughs> Metalhead, I don't have much to say about this because I thought it was amazing up until the very end. Mm. I loved th- the way it was filmed was what did it for me because it's in black and white, but it's also in very high contrast. Yeah. So it's like it's very visually striking and it also means that they can get away with a bit of ropey CGI a bit better because yeah. everything looks a bit weird mm. and different and enhanced. So it actually really helps with those like CGI yeah. uh, robot guard dog thingies, mm. making them look well menacing. Yeah. But I straight up hated the reason that they were out in that area getting attacked by dogs. Oh, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not going to say what it is, but as soon as it, that fucking pan shot at the end, yeah. I was like, get the fuck out of town. <laughs> Who's risking their life for that? See, not I, I, see. I do not care. <laughs> you clean, yeah. Oh, you're, you're a heartless beast. Because I was going, yeah. I am. Yeah. I, I, was, I was choking up going, yeah, I just I just that's it. That's perfect, you know. Oh no! See, I hated that because I was like, "Who would risk their life for that? What a twat! What an absolute twat!" Yeah, I, I think Rich was getting cross at me as well because he was like, "No, that, come on, now, that's actually kind of sweet." And I'm like, "No, I'm not having it. What a twat decision to make! What a foolish, foolish decision to make in that when you know that that's what you're facing." Good heavens, if it's not 100% necessary, like if they'd have done a pan shot over, I don't know, like some stored, I, I don't know, like mm. blood or something that they needed for someone who yeah. was dying, like for a transfusion, I'd have been like, yeah, that's worth risking your life for. But what it actually pans over, I was like, fuck that. Yeah, because that to <laughs> me, then 
kind of said what the rest of the world is like. For me, that's then said there's nothing uh, there's nothing worth living for in this world that they so that that they that they would kind of risk their life for that thing, which I again I won't spoil. But um but yeah, that kind of just expanded the whole world to me now. It's kind of like, okay, so this is yeah, we're in a world like it's it's the walking dead now. No, I love that. Again, <laughs> we're going about yes, you're absolutely right, but no, you're completely wrong. <laughs> I have a feeling you're going to disagree with my points about the next episode as well because the last one was one of my least favourites of the series. What the, it wasn't as bad as did, Crocodile. Did you actually like any of the episodes of the series? I, I did. I did. I really, I really, really liked Hang the DJ. <laughs> do, do you actually uh, like Black Mirror? I am starting to wonder. I've got to admit, I feel like because the thing is, I know that I watch a lot of stuff that's quite nihilistic yeah. and dark. Like Rick and Morty is one of my favourite things, <laughs> and that can go to some hella dark oh, places. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like at least there, it's not judging me for it, <laughs> and it's not every character. If you know what yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. So you're it's just like it's it just, it's just Rick. He Rick is just a nihilistic, cynical asshole, and that's okay because some people are, but there are other people and also hope and stuff but like the thing about okay so the last episode is called black museum and it is about a lady what finds this like shady museum mm. of like technological nightmares basically mm. and the reason i didn't like this episode all right i'm gonna i'm gonna state this out and out i liked the message of the episode in terms of what it was trying to say about race mm-hmm. and the privileges or lack thereof mm-hmm. I'm going to say that. I enjoyed that. I like the overall message. However, the guy that played the proprietor of this black museum was irritating as balls, <laughs> and I hated him. I saw, oh, God, I wanted him to die. Have you got the actor's name? I haven't got it. No, I haven't. And it's really annoying because I just thought he was like hamming it up, mm. chewing on all of the scenery. And I don't think, I don't think the story needed that. Mm. I think it needed to be played a bit more straight. Yeah. Also, the, the 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 stories that were in because it was like an anthology, basically. Yeah, the last episode of the series is is usually an anthology uh, episode. I don't know if you noticed. So, like mm. from they did the Christmas episodes, which was like an anthology thing. You, you know, yeah, going back, yeah, the, the the Black Mirror White Christmas, which again counters like the the final episode of the first the Channel Four block, and then mm. the last episode of the previous season, the, the first Netflix season, was like the the one about the bees and the, the little robots and stuff. <sighs> that yeah. was an I didn't twig that that was an anthology. I was just thinking this story is going all over the place. <laughs> and then oh, hang on, I uh, yeah yeah I get it. Yeah, so now the, the the last episode of each block or each season is an anthology. So that the the problem for me was that the the, the three little anth- anthology stories that were getting told mm-hmm. weren't very good. So there was one about like a doctor who got this thing, this like machiney tech thing mm-hmm. that could help him feel exactly where pain was yeah. for a person so that they could diagnose people faster without having to ask a bunch of questions or like if they're unconscious, mm-hmm. they can just be like, oh, uh, uh, it's his appendix. Uh, uh, and he ends up like abusing that and he starts using it for like sexual stuff. And then he just gets like addicted to pain and whatever, blah, blah, that. I hated. I, th- I thought it was. Re- I thought it was really badly acted. Some of the gory CGI stuff, like or effects, like I don't know if they were like the makeup effects and stuff. Absolute trash. <laughs> full on. Full on garbage. If you hated it. If you hadn't just synopsized the plot, I'd think you'd be watching something else. 
because I love that. I love that. <laughs> oh, I, th- I thought that was a proper... I went to the idea. I thought it was really badly executed. I know. I thought like, that was really badly I, no, executed. I, I thought it was terrific. I thought it was proper, like a throwback. I like. I felt like it should have been starring Vincent Price. That felt like a proper yeah. Vincent Price type throwback to oh, kind of like um, that type uh, Grand Queen all type. Uh, I can't think what it was. What was his name? The character he played, Doctor. Oh fuck. No, it wasn't Doctor Ofo. Yeah, but yeah, it felt like a <laughs> uh, like a Vincent Pricey type. Doctor Fibes. I felt like it was a Doctor Fibes type. Oh Jesus. Anyway. <laughs> I yeah no I didn't like that one and yeah. then the second one was a lot better in terms of the acting and stuff. Mm-hmm. But anybody who thinks it's a good idea to put someone else in their head has got fucking problems, man. Well yeah, Cause... but that's the point. That one, that one, <laughs> unlike the. <laughs> I'm just gonna fucking talk over you. I don't give a shit. <laughs> So, um, you fucking mansplaining that <laughs> teach you to invite me on. There is because unlike the the, the crocodile, another crocodile tears one, the, the one with the little girl with the telly in her head. Telly. Yeah, yeah. This one made sense to me. I could get that because yeah, you're absolutely right. Somebody who you know who's thinking straight wouldn't agree to that at all. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a ridiculously bad idea. That's why it works for me because when you're grieving for somebody who's who's terminally ill or about to die or whatever then you you grasp at straws and you would go for, i could see that happening that oh, see, i couldn't that's because you don't really love anybody stace <laughs> well no see me and rich talked about it afterwards and i was like that's the kind of procedure that they're gonna have to get like the doctors and whoever would have to like 100 percent sit you down and be like are you sure you want to do this this is insane mm. even we think it's insane just because we can doesn't mean we should but here's the option where, like, and I said to Rich, like, ca- like with how annoyed Rich gets when I try to, like, <laughs> help him out with stuff, or, like, how annoyed I once got when I was trying to ice a cake and Rich was giving me backseat cake icing instructions. <laughs> like, I could have done him a murder. Imagine that for your entire fucking life. <laughs> like, well, that's it. No. And I think, I think, yeah, and I think, <gasps> um, I think it works because it's not, it's not introduced in the story as a standard, okay, here's your options. It was clearly yeah they're taking advantage to be honest and pushing to see how far they will go with it and mm. see what they you know what the options are and what could, they can do afterwards and the, the guys clearly be manipulated and stuff like that so I, w- I was I was fine with that that didn't bother me at all and, and I think you're wrong and I think <laughs> you, you should be punished for um, but yeah so see this is weird I didn't think we'd have this argument at all I think we'd go yeah <laughs> the first two were kind of shit but the rest were fantastic and you're going yeah the first two were kind of shit and kind of like the, the, the third the one was okay <laughs> but no the, the third one was a bit kind of shit fourth one was okay and then five six and seven were all kind of shit so I'm thinking why, <laughs> why are you reviewing this uh, yeah I don't know actually <laughs> I am questioning my decision to start talking about it if I'm honest um, <laughs> The thing is, is that I re- Black Mirror is one of those things that I really want to like, if yeah. that makes sense. Like, yeah. everything else that Charlie Brooker does, I love. Yeah. Um, and I'm really sad that he didn't do an end-of-year screen wipe. See, thing. I can't watch those. I, um, oh, I love I, it. I, 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 I used to like them, but now I can't laugh at the world anymore. Oh, yeah, that's why he didn't do one, apparently, because yeah, it was just too much. Yeah, I, I used to, I used, yeah, I used to like watching uh, Have I Got News For You and stuff like that. I tried watching one while back. I thought, I can't even make jokes about this shit anymore. You can't. I can't yeah. laugh about it anymore. But yeah, so I and I, I tried to watch the TV Wipe or Scream Wipe or whatever it was of the year. Was it last year or the year before? It was the year before they and, didn't do one last year. Yeah, and it was. I and I got about ten minutes in. I thought this. I'm having a sarcasm overdose. 
<laughs> I, I literally couldn't. I thought if he's any more sarcastic, his head's going to explode in on itself and, and just sneer at the camera as a pulpy, bloody mess for an hour. So I, I couldn't watch it. It was just, no, I can't even sneer at this. I just don't want to. I was really worried. I, I like Big Fat Quiz of the Year, and I was really oh, worried yeah. this year. How, how, is this going to be like five minutes long? What are we going <laughs> to find? I've got to say, like a slight tangent, I have just done for my charity job uh, my very first quiz, pub quiz that I've ever made Mm. up. And um, we made it like a a quiz of the year. And so I had to do a bunch of 2017 questions. And my news and politics section took a real long time because I was like scrolling through what was the top news of 2017? Oh, a hurricane, a rape. Donald Trump said something stupid. Oh, Donald Trump said something else to you. Oh, there's another hurricane. Oh, mass shooting, mass shooting, mass shooting. Yeah. There's another one. Oh, another hurricane. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, for God's sake. I ended up asking a lot of questions about Big Ben. <laughs> uh, the fact that it went Big off. Big Ben and that little girl who, who walked into the room when that guy she was She was on one the of the questions. <laughs> <laughs> I, I oh. love that girl. I've been clinging <laughs> on to that clip so much. <laughs> I'm like, can we please bring her back? We need her. The world needs that little girl. To bl- Never mind. Just give her her own TV show and I will give her own channel and I will just watch that. <laughs> I just want to see her walking around the house and with the with the little kid trundling along like a Dalek behind. Oh, brilliant. It's know? the mom as well, the way she like properly slides <laughs> in to like frantically shove them out of the room. Um, I feel like I should introduce you to um, Mr. Fishfinger, who <laughs> is a man who legitimately, because this was one of my other questions in the quiz, because it was one of the more upbeat things I could find, okay. who is a man who legitimately changed his name to Mr. Fishfinger uh, and then ran in the uh, general election, can't remember which area, but just so that he could go up against the Lib Dem candidate, Tim Farron, because he hated him so much. <laughs> and li- actually went to the polls dressed as a fish finger and was on BBC News dressed as a fish finger. Everything about him is wonderful and I love him. Yeah, so, you, you know, when I was younger, I used to hate, like, the Monster Raving Looney Party and those kind of guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, those kind of deliberately, oh, we're wacky kind of guys. Now I just... I love those people. It's just like, yeah, <laughs> do whatever you can to fucking show up this clown show for what it is. What's his name? Lord Buckethead? God bless yes. him. You know? <laughs> Dig screaming Lord Such back up. That's what I say. Get his corpse on there. Stick it, oh, stick dear. his top hat on and just stick him there as a skeleton. Oh no. That's oh, oh. is that too much to ask? On that incredibly grim <laughs> note. It's been two hours and fifteen minutes. Yeah, almost. but there's a lot of shit you can cut out there. I don't know, man. I don't like editing, so I don't cut things out very often if I can help it. So anyway, here's a real quick blitz. You can follow Lee on Twitter at lovely... Lovely Lee, Lee underscore, underscore G. G. There you go. You can follow me at Stacey's Parlour. I've been doing some announcements about the live show, which include like lots of really cool people that I can't list now because there's too many to name. But Chris Wild Goose, who we talked about earlier, is one of them. And cool. uh, and Bevis Musson, who we talked about earlier, one of them also. Completely unplanned, but man, am I good at this shit or what? I know. What a segue from two <laughs> hours ago. Um <laughs> Join the Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour Facebook group. Leave me a review on iTunes or Stitcher if you can, or Podchaser if you fancy. And, uh, yeah, just, you know, have a good rest of the Feb. Ruere. I'm gone. I'm dead. I'm down. That's it. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye, everyone. That's just the way you make me feel
I can I do porcelain? I'm so sorry. I think the mic just picked up that really loud fart. I just did. <laughs> You always wait until I start talking to fart. You know that I'll go off on you. Oh, God. And then you go... <laughs> oh, jeez. <clears throat> Sorry. I I am... <laughs> I've lost it now. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, <clears throat> this is all definitely getting cut out. <laughs> <laughs> I should think so. What, 16 minutes we've been going now with nothing remotely oh. <laughs> relevant? Oh, nothing even resembling a pop culture. Hey. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to cut it together. <laughs> well, I, if I was you, I'd use the fart as kind of like the starting point. Use that as like a marker. <laughs> Oh, jeez. <clears throat> so just find the fart and, uh, and go from there. I didn't think it was going to be that loud. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought I least started talking, I'll get away with a tiny toot. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a devious cow. You did, you did that last time. <laughs> I got away with it then. Though. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> because you oh. didn't start laughing last time. You only told me after. It's because we finished. It's because I saw the waveform and it was huge. <laughs> it just, just stick it, stick it on at the end. It's oh. like you know oh, the Marvel uh, post-credit sequence. Oh jeez! Just stick it on at the end. <laughs> yeah. You know. I'm just going to isolate it's, just the fart. Yeah, just, else. Just that. that could be your sign out. Oh, oh Lord. You're, that's you. Oh, right. I've, I've collected myself now. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have such a shitty time editing this. <laughs>